Welcome back to the Double Trouble Podcast. It's been a long time since I recorded the last one, and I feel like I say that every time I record. It's been a long time, it's been a while, and it's because there's like a month or a two-week spacing between all of these episodes. And, well, in this instance specifically, I was on vacation, I had a lot of things going on, and, um, but also over the past month, I didn't feel like there was anything interesting enough to the point where I had to get on this again. The main thing, like, it's something big, like, during the playoffs especially, I'll be posting, like, every week probably, because there's a lot to talk about in the playoffs, during the all season, there's a lot of signings to talk about, and then the NFL, um, free agency is mainly, like, nothing's really happening there, so there's nothing, like, nothing huge in that world to talk about until the draft, so, like, I don't want to just record a podcast just for the sake of recording a podcast, if I'm going to record it, I want there to be content in it. I want to feel like I'm talking about something that actually matters instead of just rambling for 20 minutes, you know? So that's how I feel about things, and that's why um, normally I'm, I mean, I, I'll go on two or three-week streaks where I just don't record. Nevertheless, throughout the past week, we've seen a lot of things going down in the NBA world to the point where I do feel like this is an important episode again. So what I'm going to do in this episode overview, I'm going to look around the league, look, see what some teams are going on, and then I'm going to dive into the MVP race because I haven't talked about the MVP race much, and I think I definitely want to give my thoughts on it. So we're going to start with Stephen Curry. Over the past week, we've seen one of the greatest hot streaks of all time in NBA history. You probably have one per season where a player is just unstoppable for a week or two. All the time. Like I said, probably once a season. But it's just been something different about Stephen Curry. This has been, if dare I say, one of the greatest hot streaks in NBA history. The, kid is, the guy's literally unstoppable. Like 40-point games here and there, 10 three-pointers here and there. All just to get his team into the playoffs. Because, make no mistake about it, Golden State is not a good basketball team. Um, With the injury to James Wiseman, and that was a big knockout for them. Already had lost Klay Thompson. The season even started, so to lose Klay Thompson, lose James Wiseman. Um, and then you're left you're here with Stephen Curry, you're surrounded with Stephen Curry, with Draymond Green, and a bunch of dudes who were not there last year. A bunch of dudes who who don't really know how to play meaningful basketball games. Who haven't done Kelly Oubre didn't play in the bubble when the Suns were going through the hot streak. He was injured most of the bubble. Him and Aaron Baines. So a lot of guys who haven't played meaningful games don't really know what their role is on the team. Don't really know if they're going to be on that team next year. It's a bad fit. It's a bunch of guys around Curry who don't really fit with Curry. And that's what leads you to a 9 seed, 8 seed. Now, the Warriors are the 9 seed in the West. If this was last year, they would not be in the playoffs. However, this year, with the introduction of a play-in tournament, I I think the Warriors will probably make the playoffs, but it's, it's still unknown. They have to do a good amount to make it in. Because right now, they're not in the top 8, and that's not great. 
But Stephen Curry's having this hot streak, these 40-point games, and people were talking, I remember all the talk in the beginning of the season, Stephen Curry's not going to be able to adapt. Stephen Curry's going to be a shell of his former self without KD, without Klay Thompson. And anybody who said that is looking major stupid right now. Because Stephen Curry has been incredible. And I'm not really one to doubt great players. Like I see people doubting LeBron, doubting KD, doubting Curry all the time, and I'm just like, what is? What do you get in doubting that guy? And I'm not one to doubt Steph Curry. I believe he can do it, and I believe he'll take this team to the playoffs. Now, I'm not really going to deep dive into this hot streak. You know what Stephen Curry is all about. He's going off the dribble. He's coming off screens. He's hitting crazy three pointers, and he's scoring thirty. He's scoring forty. Last night against the Philadelphia 76ers, another 40-point game for Stephen Curry. He was so close to 50, but he didn't get there. And the team won against the 76ers. Stephen Curry has to almost score 45, or this, or he's to almost score 40 for that team to win games. That is a problem in itself. The Warriors have tons of problems, but Stephen Curry is putting that team on his back right now. Um, doing, and like I said, Stephen Curry was going to have to get into his LeBron back. He was going to have to do a carry job. And for people that say Steph Curry couldn't carry a team, it was really weird to me because we've seen many people carry teams offensively, at least over the years. Allen Iverson, LeBron James, like, for people to say Stephen Curry couldn't do it, it was very weird to me. And so... He's been doing it, and he's going to have to continue to do it. Still got about 20 games left. It doesn't end here. Um, And, yeah, the Warriors are not a great team. Stephen Curry is doing his best, and I think he'll continue to do his best. That's what I have to say about the Warriors. But that transitions well into the MVP race, where I think right now, number one is quite obvious. It's Nicole Jokic. Um, the way Denver has been playing is exceptional. Obviously, Denver coming off of a loss to, uh, Jamal Murray. They lost torn ACL by Jamal Murray, and that really hurts Denver in their core. But, the move for Aaron Gordon was a very good one. They didn't give up that much. Um, they gave up some pieces that weren't really needed for them. They didn't even have to give up Bobo, which was surprising. And Gordon has added a flavor to this Denver Nuggets team that is just so great. Another guy that can get 20 points on any given night. That is, that was needed for Denver. And they gotten it in Nikola Jokic, and it's been so vital for them. That is, is great that they were able to get Aaron Gordon. And, you know, Murray is still a loss that hurts. Especially because the point guard position... Didn't have the most death from Denver. Uh, Will Barton plays a little bit of point guard. Faku Campazzo plays a little bit of point guard. But it was it was not a position that you could afford to lose your best player at. They also they did sign Austin Rivers to a ten day contract. In I don't know, it's a ten day contract. Ten day contract players are never really something to look into that much. Um, but, but it could be something bigger, but I'm not going to look, uh, much into that Austin Rivers signing yet, because I don't really know what it is. I know it's Austin Rivers, I know it's a good player, 
but I don't know how much minutes he'll play for Denver. But I think if you simply want a player to fill that Jamal Murray role with his scoring and playmaking, I think Rivers does that well. Rivers had some great moments on New York this season. They traded them to OKC probably because they had so many point guards on that roster that were getting minutes near Akima, Peyton, Rose, quickly, like way too many point guards. And Austin Burbage kind of just got lost in that shuffle. And then he got released by OKC because OKC, they don't have any room for anybody under 30, over 30. So he got released by OKC. And the Bucks were looking to sign him. There was a report that the Bucks were the front runners to sign Austin Rivers. But then the Nuggets ended up signing him for a 10-day contract. Kind of weird. But he's going to Denver. I don't know what he'll... I think he'll bring something good to Denver, but I don't know. Like, 10-day contracts. I don't even know if his 10-day will get picked up. as the initial 10-day. It's just hard to really look into 10-day contracts like that. However, back to the MVP race. Nikola Jokic leads it. I think you can make a case for Embiid, and then Embiid had an injury, which really hurt his case. Um, and I think LeBron, he was in there. Then LeBron also had an injury, a pretty bad injury. Like it's been like two, three weeks, and he's still not. They're not even saying he's day to day. Like at least Anthony Davis is clear to return. However, they're still sitting him out. But LeBron's not even like nothing about that. So, and the Lakers, they are not doing great. They are. They are very close to falling into playing ter- territory. For like, three, four games over the Mavericks. And I don't know why they're resting their players. Because they're the five seed right now. The Lakers do not want to fall into playing territory. You can have two bad games and you're out. And I don't know if they'll fall into playing territory. I doubt they would lose the playing tournament. But... Getting a seventh seed at the end of the season isn't something to be proud of. Um, but right now, the two seed is Phoenix. They were the seventh seed good against Phoenix. I, I could trust them against Phoenix, but I also don't know. Like, if this team gets below six, which they're very close to right now, that's a problem. So, they got to watch it. And I think they need to be getting these guys back sooner than later. If AD is clear to return like that, he needs to go. So that that's my opinion on the matter. Jokic is the MVP frontrunner. What he's done this season has been incredible. We always knew of Jokic as a guy who would score the ball, amazing playmaker. He's gonna lead the, lead the Nuggets to success. That was always what we knew for Nikola Jokic, and yeah, that was it. But this season, he's really he's been good at the same things. He's been an amazing player, he's been a great scorer, he hasn't really, but he's just done that in such an outstanding level, and Denver, they're the four seed right now, I think earlier they were the two or three seed, they've kind of fallen in the rankings, but I think Jokic is the front end, is it really just, like, Jokic is mainly the front runner just because of the amount of injuries that happened, and I'm not trying to hate on Jokic, I'm just saying, if Embiid never had that ankle injury, we might be talking about this entirely different right now. If LeBron never got injured, like, so that's mainly, yeah. But nevertheless, Jokic is having an incredible season. Um, he's it's not an all-time great season, like Giannis might have been having the past two years, 
but it's still a very good season and an MVP level season. And then second in the race will probably be Stephen Curry. I think Stephen Curry has the potential to go to first, but I can't wrap my head around someone not having a top eight team in their conference and winning MVP. The only thing close to that in recent memory is Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is Thunder where the seventh seed. However, I'll look that up real quick. Um The 2017 Thunder won 47 games. They were the 6th seed, actually, not the 17th. But the 2017 Thunder won 47 games, almost 50 games, 3 games away from 50 games. The West was very tight. People say, oh, the Thunder were the 6th seed, Thunder were the 17th. But they still were almost a 50-win team. Right now, the Warriors are 29-29, and 29, barely at 500. The Thunder were 12 games above 500 when Russell Westbrook won MVP. And Westbrook and Curry are both dominating. They're both leading their team by far. So, you know, people love to say what they have to say about Russell Westbrook. And they're going to be like, don't compare Curry to Westbrook. But in the sense of their teams, it's a very similar comparison. The Warriors are a 29-win team. They are probably going to teeter between 500 and below 500 for the rest of the year. And let's say the NBA two games above 500. Russell Westbrook's Thunder were 12 games above 500, and he was having a historical season, and still almost lost MVP just because his team was a 60. So for Curry to have a team that may not be making the playoffs, a team that's barely at 500, that there's barely at 500, and... Be competing against someone that's having an, an amazing season in Nikola Jokic. I just don't see it. I don't see it for Stephen Curry right now. And I think there's a bit of dark horses for MVP. Chris Paul. Chris Paul had an amazing season last year. I um vouch for him to be an MVP finalist. I thought he, when you're talking about valuability, Chris Paul brought so much to that Oklahoma City Thunder team. And he was having one of the best years he had in a long time. And I really thought he should have been considered for the MVP award. Now, this year, he's averaged less points because on a team that's much better than that Thunder team was, he's averaging more rebounds, he's shooting more efficiently. He's bringing a better punch to this Suns team than he was that Thunder team. He was very good in that Thunder team. He's not really worse than he was last year. If anything, he's the same. He was, in, he was a top three MVP candidate to me last year. So I definitely think he could be top five, even top three again. Then you have Giannis. Giannis is doing the same thing he was doing the last two years. It's still MVP level. It's still incredible. I think to be in the conversation to win MVP three years in a row, Giannis has to do a little bit more than just doing the same things he was the last two years. To me, um, it's no disrespect to Giannis. He's having an incredible year. But he's going to have incredible years for the rest of his career. That doesn't mean he should be top three in MVP for the rest of his career. That's how I see it. Luka Doncic, um, if the Mavericks were better, Luka Doncic would definitely have a more compelling case for me. They're, they're about the same they were last year, which is extremely surprising because I definitely thought the team would take a bigger leap, and they haven't. Luka Doncic is doing incredible things. He was doing incredible things last year. 
and the Mavericks aren't much better than they were last year. Um, more Porzingis injuries. They've had a lot of COVID problems, but the team's just not that great. And maybe next year the Mavericks will finally take that leap, but this year is not to be. James Harden is a very interesting case in the MVP ladder. Well, you can say whatever you want about the Brooklyn Nets super team. The Brooklyn Nets haven't played many games with all three of their guys. From Kevin Irving sitting out to Kevin Durant having a minor injury to James Harden's hamstring injury, which I really don't like hamstring injuries. They always linger. They're not great for players. And now Kevin Durant has another injury, I think, while James Harden is still battling his injury, if I got that right. So now the Nets are just barely standing on with only Kyrie Irving right now. I think that is right. Um, They'll be back. I mean, Harden, hamstring injuries don't take that last, don't take that long to initially heal, but they linger. That's, that's such a problem with those type of injuries. So, that's a missing two of their top players right now. Um, Durant, I think, got injured in the Charlotte game on Friday. I think. So, they're waiting for them guys to come back. But James Harden, the Nets, I think, I read somewhere they have a 6-8 and eight record when James Harden has been out. Um, it might be 7-8 and eight now because I might have read that before the Charlotte game. But, nevertheless, they have a losing record when having James Harden, when James Harden doesn't play. Um, that is big for James Harden's MVP case, because this super team, this, um, insanely overpowered team is barely functional without James Harden. And, the only thing, James Harden should definitely be considered an MVP for me. He wouldn't win the award just like Giannis wouldn't be in the award, though they're having MVP seasons. They both aren't going to win the award. Giannis because he's won two in a row. And Harden because it's very rare that a player wins MVP when playing on a quote-unquote super team. Um, LeBron did it in Miami. He did it in Miami, Miami and he had to do it when having a all-time season. And in 2011, when Rose won it, like, you could definitely make a heck of a case for LeBron James. But again, on Heat, a super team considered by many, hard to really give him the MVP award. And in Miami, you could make a case that he deserved more MVPs than he actually got. Again, on a team considered the super team, just hard to vouch for him. And that's the case of James Harden right now. James Harden's having an MVP season. 25-8-11, well, I would say leading the Nets so far. However, when you play with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, it's not the most compelling MVP case. But I think the Nets having a losing record without him definitely shows his valuability. So if I was to go my top three, it's, it would be Jokic, Curry, Harden, with Giannis and CP3 on the outskirts. That's me. And I don't know if that's controversial. I don't know. I haven't really seen many people's MVP MVP list, but that's how I see it. Now, we talked about the MVP for a long time. Let's go back to standings. Oh, my goodness. The New York Knicks. 
New York Knicks have been on a hot streak. They won six games in a row. I think I heard it's the longest win streak in six seasons. The Knicks are back. Knicks basketball um, has, it's back. It's, the Knicks are a very good team. Julius Randle been playing incredible. RJ Barrett has been doing some really good work this year. And then quickly, playing great. You got Rose mentoring quickly. Rose has brought a very big punch to this Knicks team. It's just all around good basketball, man. Mixed with the good coaching, good ball movement. It feels great to see the Knicks doing well. Um, I was watching the game against the Pelicans. You know, the atmosphere. They had fans in their arenas. Everyone is on fire whenever they're doing good. And the fans would be on fire even when the Knicks were a 20-win team. So can you imagine what they're like now? They didn't have fans. They're probably going to make the playoffs. They might fall into playing, but right now they're a seed above playing. But they're only a game above Miami. They go on enough. They go on a losing streak. They may get out of playing. They may get back in playing. So that's not what they want. They gotta stay on edge for that. But man, they're playing very good right now. They are the six seed, and I just hope they keep the thing going. And right above them, there's three teams I want to talk about. They're all. Right above each other. Um, right above them is the Boston Celtics, who a few weeks ago, if I would have recorded this a few weeks ago, I would have been talking about how abysmal Boston was. People were making jokes. People were saying, dang, Celtics are bad. And they were bad. Um, they had gotten Marcus Smart back. There was not really any excuses. Then they made a trade at the trade deadline. They traded Daniel Thais for Mo Wagner. And then release Mo Wagner for Jabari Parker, which was a brain-puzzling move for sure. Because it technically means in hindsight that you traded Jabari Parker for nothing. Which, you know, that's not the most. Not Jabari Parker, that you traded Daniel Thice for nothing. And Daniel Thice was a very productive player for Boston. So to trade him for nothing, is that's just puzzling. But Jabari Parker... In Boston's eyes, he brings something to that Boston Celtics team. And who am I to disagree with that? Um, He's been good so far. He's in a lot of minutes off the bench. He's only played one game for them. He put up 11 points on 5 for 6 shooting against Golden State. And that is something Boston don't have. They got it in Evan Fournier, who's been playing great. Tatum is just exceptional. And that team is very fun right now. So I, I'm glad Boston have their swagger back. I hope they can keep that going. Um, and just quickly, I want to talk about some injuries. Lamella Ball will be back in a week. That is insane. Lamella Ball, everyone said he was out for the season. It was crazy, but Lamella Ball has been working hard. He will be back next week. Miles Turner is out indefinitely with a very weird injury. I think he um, tore something in his foot. And Miles Turner has has a very storied injury history. Like, it seems like every few weeks the guy's on the shelf again. It's just a tough break for the Pacers who are just trying to keep their playing spot in. And they just can't catch a break. So, back in the fourth seed, Atlanta Hawks. Um, yeah, this came out of nowhere. I didn't even know the Hawks were that good until I checked the standings. I see nobody talking about the Atlanta Hawks. And they're the fourth seed. Um, 
a few weeks ago, the Hawks, just like the Celtics, they started to see, the Hawks started to see this very good. They were, like, on top of the East. And then they were bad. And then they traded Rondo, who they signed. I was like, oh, okay, they're blowing things up. But no, they're the fourth seed. They've been winning games, and I've seen no one talking about them. But I'm going to talk about them. I'm going to give Atlanta their credit because um, they've been a great team. Trey Young obviously doing great things. Bogdan Bogdanovich. He, Bogdan Bogdan Bogdanovich has been, he was, um, originally he wasn't playing great for Atlanta, but right now he's found his role and he's playing very good for Atlanta. Lou Williams, I think that was a great trade. Um, Rondo wasn't really doing much for this Hawks team. And Lou Williams, if he's going to care to be on your team, he's going to play. He's going to score the ball very well. So that's a great pickup for them. And I don't really know. They're just a good group of guys who get the job done. Right now, I got to look into more Hawks teams because I don't know how they're playing well. They had eight guys that scored against the Bucks. Maybe that's not the right game to look at because they weren't very good in that game. They beat the Raptors, and it's, Bog- it's Bogdanovich. No, it's Clint Capella. Clint Capella has been amazing on the glass. And I guess I I get it now. They have very good bench production. Um, Trey Young is exceptional. They have great role players surrounded by Trey Young, and they're a good team. So I I did not even know the Hawks were doing things like that. Wow, that's big. But uh, I think that's gonna round it out for me talking about um the standings. You know the Suns doing very good. Um. They're not really surprising to me. I knew the Hawks would be a, the Suns would be a top three team. Um, I believe in the Suns. The Jazz. Donovan Mitchell has an ankle injury right now. It's a small ankle sprain, and but the Jazz are doing great. Top team in the league, I think. Sixers still doing great. They were doing great last time we talked. Um, but yeah, I think that's gonna round it out for the basketball section and the only section we will talk about today. Again, nothing is happening in free agency. In the NFL, really. And I don't think I have anything to talk to you about in this draft. But the Dolphins traded down to Sixers. The, uh, the 49ers will pick third in the draft. I'm not going to really talk about that much. But that's what happened. There have been a rumor the Giants might consider trading down. I hope not. But, um, yeah, only NBA today for the Jumpership Podcast. I don't really have much to talk about in the NFL world. But as always... If you've made it this far, if you are still watching, thank you. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate everyone. If you just took time to watch, and if you're still watching, please give a like, maybe subscribe. Subscribe. That would be mean a lot to me. Um, as always, this was a Double Trouble Podcast, and I'm out.